We who believe in Good afternoon. You're listening to the Mother's Justice Show on 1150 AM KKNW. I'm your host, Reverend Walden. It's my joy to be on the air. It's raining in Seattle. You know what? If you like the rain, this is a good place to be right now. If you want to be on the beach, you might want to be in Hawaii or down in Florida. Maybe not Florida, but someplace on the beach. And maybe San Diego might give you a little something. I don't know. But you're not going to get it here. This is uh, this is the rainy time. And guess what happens here every year? Uh, you get a little snow, and then the rain comes, and it melts the snow, and you get a flood, and that's how it is here for, for a few days. But um, I'm glad to be here today. I, I had a few uh, days off, and, uh, and that's how life is. I want to bring my guest on, Mr. Rye here. And this is the Advent season, you know. This is the season where, you know, all the little kids are getting ready. They don't want a lump of coal. I mean, they go shopping so much, uh, Mr. Rye, that Christmas might not mean the same thing to them that it did to us because they're at the shopping center every Sunday with their parents. But uh, in Chikundi was uh, Santa Claus out in Kent yesterday. So how you doing? Been a, couple, been a few weeks. Yes, it has been. Yeah. Yeah, but, uh, now I've been under, I've had some kind of, uh, some kind of bug for the mm -hmm. last four or five days. I had to miss the the girlfriend's big time paint the town red Christmas party on on Saturday, and then I had to miss first Sunday of uh, of uh, of uh, a church at New Beginnings uh, yesterday. But because uh, it's streamed live, I was able to take in the ceremony and hear about the Advent season. And oh yeah, you know, uh, there's one person out at the, uh, the, the at the church, Deacon uh, Chuck Smith, explains it real well. He, okay. I mean, yeah, I know he used to be a Sunday school teacher, but he he definitely lays out the Advent says what it means, what each candle means, what the color means. Yeah, That's really important because if you really are a believer and follow Jesus the Christ, you need to really understand all the elements and all the aspects of uh, the season. Well, you know, I think I put his name. I might I might call you and get his number and see if he wants to come on. I may have Reverend Hall next week too, but I can have both of them on to talk about you know the Advent. Yeah, season. he would be a, he would be really good. He he's really yeah. good. Well, then I, I'll get you. I get his number from you. I, you okay. know, I mean, I've grown into this uh, season, and I've always loved it because I was an only child. So the only only person who could get something in my house was me. So <laughs> you, you were fortunate. We we had five for a long time, and then along came six. So uh, <laughs> we we made do. We had fun, and the thing I liked about it is that during that era, you know, it was a rarity to hear anybody getting shot. Oh, well, yeah, it wasn't no violence. I, you know, no, I didn't grow up in violence uh, at all. Just, I, just, yes, I don't know nothing about this reality that young people have right now and what's going on and how, how we got this way. I don't, I don't, I don't when know. When you have 13, I, 14, and 15-year-old kids doing something, you really yeah. got to look at the, at the family, at the house. Oh, that's right. Parents. But you also got to look at all, of, all these places where all the money is going to. And some of these kids have already been diverted out more than once. And, you know, what, what you and I know, Mr. Rye, because we came to a different time. If you don't correct the problem, by the time they're 12 and a half and 17 and a half, they go into prison. I mean, really and truly, if they live long enough. And, uh, and that's what's seen, because you got to correct the problem. You know, you really have teenagers, when it's sad because, you know, uh, I have uh, grew up in Seattle and we were very close to the Asian community. And it's really sad to me to see these young brothers ripping off older Asian Americans. Oh, yeah. yeah totally right. unacceptable to rip anybody off. But mm -hmm. the all these folks, uh, I, you know, just totally unacceptable. And one was arrested. And I well, I'm, I'm glad. I know. I know that the chief was working hard on that. Yeah. Because uh, you know it, it's unacceptable. But 
I think, uh, you know, we who believe in freedom and believe in justice have to talk about all of it. We cannot oh, no, leave. Exactly. We, we, can, we cannot leave out what's happening in our community and uh, put our heads in the sand and only talk about what's happening to us instead of happening that's coming from our community. And um, and I and I, I'm looking forward to having more time to to actually. Maybe just be a grandmother, kids. Just have a grandma hour. I mean, yeah. some kids have never had a grandmother. So, you know, I was to the and I said, well, maybe some of the young kids just need a grandma. You know, somebody they can come in and sometimes give them a hug and say, give them some encouragement and, and tell them about the old days. They, oh, <laughs> you know, and, and how we got through with nobody getting arrested, nobody going to jail, and everybody was trying to go to college. I've been a papa uh, for more than one by through blood, Mm -hmm. not uh, uh, through love and not blood. So I've I've had the grandfather experience because neither one of my children had any any kids. But uh, I've had an opportunity. One young lady uh, from the time she was a a tie, meaning six months old, to the time she's twenty two now. Right. Mm -hmm. uh, Mm -hmm. She. she, uh, I mean, I was taking lunches. up to, I call it St. Teresa, I call it St. Leroy's, and they got a <laughs> young brother up there now, uh, 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 Mr. Nelson, uh, is uh, is the principal now, and real young guy, natural out to here, I said, I have to okay. sort of my own natural, but they're really doing a good job, and it looks like it's, the demographics of the student body look like it did 20 or 30 years ago. Wow. So that's a good yeah. thing. Yeah, Malcolm right. Nelson is his name. And, uh, okay, my granddaughter yeah. went to went to St. Teresa Isis. Did yeah. she went to Catholic school her whole career? You know, I mean, the, she never went to public school. She went to Catholic. She graduated from uh, uh out there in uh, well, uh out in uh, uh where is that uh out in Burien, uh, Kennedy Kennedy High School. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, uh, my daughter Angela went to uh, when she was in Campy Preschool, <laughs> where well, she I, my kids got, went got endeared to. Um, uh, uh, Tina Fleming. The, uh, That's right. Uh, my kids was there with George Tina Fleming. too. Yes. And yeah. She mm-hmm. also went to King Early Childhood. Right. Uh, and I'd have to catch the bus a lot of times. <laughs> so uh, anyway, uh, and then she went to St. Teresa and the Holy Names. Mm-hmm. Got a graduate degree at UW and Seattle University School of Law. And uh, my son Brian went to St. Teresa. He went to prep. Didn't like it. And he would end up going to Garfield. So. You know, that's I went to prep too. Uh, you know, Seattle prep. He went there for one year, uh, yeah. and then then he wanted one and wanted going to Garfield too. My oldest boy, you know. So, uh, yeah. But, but you know, I, I don't know what has happened in America, but I do know that our voice is necessary. Uh, oh, that's very true. Community. You know, I, I I don't know. I don't know how we got here. I do know how we got here. In some ways, is because education, culture, education, and spirituality keep you out a whole lot of stuff. If you don't have culture. I just posted something on my Facebook page uh, from a Native American. Uh, it was from a private school, Native American people, kids, and they had a hoop dancer. And those children was just, I mean, you would think he was a rock star because they probably have never seen their, their culture with a hoop dancer, you know, dancing with the hoops. Uh, mm-hmm. uh, and culture is so important in, in, in our children's lives. And, uh, and, uh, and sometimes they're not getting that. But uh, I'm always willing to stay at the table that's that's our that's my uh, gift. I haven't went home in thirty three years. I've been at somebody's table, <laughs> collaborated. Yeah. Well, I believe know, in collaboration. Um, see, money seems to be going everywhere except for the black community. Oh no, it's a lot you of know, money. We can take care of people's uh, situation. I'm not. I'm oh, you talking about you talking about national? Yes, you're right. That's I'm right. A I human rights. I'm a human rights advocate, and I believe in helping people who are oppressed. But on the other hand, 
when uh, the people that's been here 400 years, died in every war, 254 years of free labor. That's why America is an economic superpower. You give anybody 254 years of free labor, they're going to be a superpower. And, uh, you know, have uh, our folks go out to all the wars. Uh, I posted up some stuff about uh, on my Facebook page about uh, the black soldiers and the 761st Tank Battalion and the real Black Panthers that freed uh, Jews from concentration camps. Right. And, uh, it's really ironic because now we have uh, uh, Ed Bloom, uh, who is uh, filing suits against all the colleges. It's all aimed at keeping Black folks out of colleges. And we have uh, uh, Ronald Reagan, I mean, uh, uh, Donald Trump's guy, uh, uh, Stephen Miller, uh, who is Jewish, but he is promoting a white agenda. And he'll never be invited to, to Charlottesville, uh, no matter how hard he tries. But all this venom is aimed at black folks. And we look and see well, what yeah, happened. Well, yeah, it is. It is. Look and see really what happened is. at the Los Angeles City Council. We well, got the city council president, another Latino council member. I'll say Hispanic because uh, one of my Latino friends said, oh, people act like that. You call them Hispanics. But anyway, no pun intended, but that's just what I was told. And uh, the president of AFL-CO sitting up making derogatory remarks about black folks. As a matter of fact, the president of the council also made derogatory remarks about the indigenous Mexicans, about uh, how, how, how they looked and they were ugly and stuff. So, and then, you know, we think about in 2019, we had over 100 Chinese immigrants go down to Olympia when Initiative I-1000 was on uh, being promoted to reinstate affirmative action. And I, through an interpreter, derogatory remarks were made about black folks. They didn't say anything. So we have uh, problems and, you know, uh, I, I've, I've always worked with uh, multiracial groups and will continue to do so. Right, right. At the same time, I'm not going to be quiet about oh, Ed no, no. And, and Stephen Miller uh, doing things to hurt Black folks. You know, well, and you, you know I haven't heard any of my progressive friends stand, not say anything. anything about what they're doing. No, they're not. You know, one thing, one thing somebody put the tweet out there and I, and I, I added on to it because Omai told me it's like going to a dinner party. So you don't have to know him. You go to dinner party, you butt into people's conversation at the dinner party. So he told me that's what Twitter was like. <laughs> so I butted in. But uh, but uh, this guy, I mean, uh, he was talking about the the white, you know, the white liberals uh, who absolutely I I don't want to will never want to give leadership to black people. And uh, you know, and I said some things about that too. But I th I think if we could just come to understand that hatred is an America against us and we don't want to recognize it. You read the founded father's literature, you go all the way back to Thomas Jefferson, all of these people, as I had all these horrible things to say about us. And so everybody else who come to America add on to the rhetoric and they got here because of our work, except for, you know, uh, uh, but, but, but how do we get our own people educated enough to, so they, they'll stop acting? I mean, cause you know, if we could get our young people and other people to be, uh, you know, like Marcus Garvey say, up you might erase, accomplish what you can, and with confidence you win, and without confidence you lose. I mean, for me, it's um, America, if America goes down in flames, nobody's coming to liberate us, not Americans, and hatred would be the death of America. Well, hatred I mean, is alive I mean, and well uh, it is. right now. It is, and the Democrats and, and I'm don't opposed want to all Democrats. forms of hatred. I'm you opposed know, I, I, I believe in uh, resolving things on a peaceful, nonviolent way. Oh, yeah, I do too. I'm, yeah, I, I do too. You know, I'm very disappointed with the fact that uh, our country would continue to support uh, what's happening uh, in, over in, in Gaza. I mean, you know, I'm just saying. Oh, I'm yeah, you know, you know, it's over here. It's overdone. 
I mean, it's like for every I, 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 a Jewish individual who lost his life, they want to kill 25 to 30,000 uh, Arabs and Palestine uh, I, 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 Palestinian people, Palestinian people, and people don't realize that they were on the land since the first century. They've been there. They're not newcomers to the land. Uh, that's the rhetoric that Americans don't know. Um, but I want to be on the right side of history, and you know, I'm not taking. I want. I want I'm for peace. I'm for peace for everybody getting what they need. I mean, and uh, and that kind of stuff, and uh, and all the children. I mean, I'm for the children coming out of out of trauma. Whether it's our kids hearing bullets every night, seeing their friends get killed, or people around the world getting killed. I mean, if if violence could do this by now, we would we would uh, we we we'd have been there by now. So uh, anyway. The other thing uh, is, I would encourage people to go to the Washington Equity Now Alliance winner, which uh, Jesse Weinberry was one of the co-founders. They have a complete documentation of what I just mentioned about uh, Ed Bloom and Stephen Miller is on their website about the atrocities that's, that they, they're uh, portraying on, on especially Blacks. And they have uh, recruiting a thousand attorneys to uh, uh, oppose affirmative action and admissions at colleges. Now we got a situation where the voting rights is, is being gutted. And, uh, oh yeah, well, well, see, we're back to the 1800s, and if, if we could understand that, they intended this. This is a southern strategy. They've been working on this ever since Johnson signed the Civil Rights Act, and our leaders did not teach us about this. I had to find out about the southern strategy. Their own point, and then they got Reagan. I uh, Reagan came to help them, and now they got this other guy. Their own point to taking back everything that Johnson signed into law. I mean, That's that right. is the goal. But we have been dancing uh, uh, on another tune and not understanding the Southern strategy. The Southern strategy said they want everything back. They want us back to, to, to Percy versus Ferguson. A black man has no rights that a white man has to adhere to. And I say this every time I say this, until we understand the economic power we have and exercise that power and go from November to Easter, uh, Easter Monday, not buying nothing in America. It's when we'll get some respect. Well, the but sad thing is we, money, have, mm -hmm. we have black men and women in the military all around the world on battleships over in the Mediterranean Sea, uh, off uh, Taiwan, uh, soldiers and bases in Japan, the Philippines, everywhere, protecting everybody else's freedom except ours. Now, these black folks over there, they got to feel awfully bad. Here you are in the military, and right now your people at home might not have a right to vote. Yeah, you know what? They don't have a else about that. You know, you want to give them a lot more credit than they did when they came out of World War II, or came out of came out of came out of the Vietnam War, came out of you know some of this other. I mean, these are young people that have no connection to history. So I think you want to give them a lot more history than they would have connection to. I mean, I think the only way out of this is economic. It's well, doing the situation economic. I'm we're talking about is here and now. Right. And that message has got to be sent. Why are black men and women all around the world fighting for someone else's freedom when our freedom is at peril right now in the United States of America? I mean, well, 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 they won't even, they won't even appoint, these people won't even appoint a black, I mean, won't even get, get, get the generals uh, staffed up. I mean, they, they, because they they they're in, they're going to they're into destroying America, 
And I just posted something on my Facebook that, that was said almost a thousand years ago, say an evil man will burn the, the country down to, to stand, to be, to, to, be, to be the king over the ashes. And that's exactly where we are right now. Well, right I understand the, that, that Senator Tuberville withdrew his opposition for the promotions of the military. And he, oh, he, he his opposition, his opposition was that he didn't like the idea that women in the military that needed an abortion, uh, that the government was paying for them to go to wherever it was legal to have an abortion, which is, you know, really ridiculous. But he can't have a baby. I mean, when he exactly. can have a baby, then he ought to have something to say. I mean, really exactly. and truly. But that, you know. And so. I really, I really hope that uh, this time it don't be like when Trump ran the first time after yeah. all the sexism, all sexism and everything else. 53% of white women voted for Donald no, Trump. No, it was higher than that. It was higher hopefully, than that. Hopefully, hopefully this time around, you know what? You uh, women's, the, women's right to control their own body is on the ballot. That's you know what? what but the other part is that these people really like Trump. I mean, they do. I mean, they. they and, and I guess it's something that, that they say more and more people, 100,000 people that moved into Idaho to make that for a, a white state. You remember when Morris B. Bees came over here and he defunded the, uh, came up here and defunded the skinheads? Well, it's still going over there and people now are moving over there so it'd be a white state totally here in the Pacific Northwest. So I guess the Native Americans and other people who over there are having a hard time. I mean, that's the latest thing. So they're organizing. And what do the Dems do? I mean, they don't even know how to get people on the ground to organize. They don't tell the truth and they're afraid. We haven't had a strong Democratic president since LBJ. Nobody, LBJ was a strong, I mean, really and truly. And why was he strong? Because of Dr. Martin Luther King and the Civil Rights Movement. It wasn't right. because he did it out of the... He told they told uh, Reverend King, "You have to make me do it," and they did. And they did it. And, well, that's, that's the same. That's, that's the same thing. That's the same thing. Truman. That's the same thing. Truman told uh, A. Fuller Randolph, "You had to make me do it," and, and he did it. I mean, I mean, nobody has ever given us anything in America. We got everything by the sweat of our brow, and we and we we work for this. We work for this. I, I, you know, and and that's. That's how it's been. And we just have to continue to tell our story like you're doing. But uh, my confidence is not on uh, uh, these people because if the Democrats understood how to organize, they would be organizing the young people because the young people is going to get gun control. They're going to get some of the other stuff because they're tired of this. They're tired of their friends getting, getting, getting killed. And, and they know that they want to get control of their own body, but they don't know how to, they don't know how, they don't know how to, uh, you know, don't, don't know how to, how, how to uh, use their time wisely, see? And, and, and that's just it. So that's how I feel about it. But who knows? Who knows what the future holds? Trump might not even be on the scene next year. And he might. He might be <laughs> because it's not it's not a, it's not a judge in America that's going to put him in jail. <laughs> I don't think so. Do you think so? Well, you know, right now, I, I just I just don't know. Uh, you know, really, I, have to be honest. I mean, uh, because look, 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 look at even if they they don't even give him a, a real a gag order, you know. I mean, they kind of slap no. stuff on him and. I mean, everybody is afraid of him, and uh, and uh, and that's just it. Everybody seems to be afraid of him, and the Dems really are afraid of him because they won't take him on no kinds of ways. See, you know. So anyway, um, I, I bought that ticket for my grandmother, and we get a better judges. I mean, because see, if the Democrats had talked uh, right in uh, two, uh, 2016, Trump would have never got in there because it was always about the Supreme Court, and they and, and they knew that. See, 
Well, you know that former FBI director didn't help Hillary Clinton, and also Hillary Clinton didn't help herself by not going to Michigan and assuming some things were just in hand and they were not in hand. You have to have an enthusiastic electorate. You can't uh, take anything for granted. And then in addition to that, you also had uh, Jill Stein and a couple of other third-party candidates that also took votes away. And now we got... Uh, uh, well, that's because nobody talked about the value of the Supreme Court that was never talked mm -hmm. about. It was never in the campaign, but the, that's what the other people were going for. And what did they do? They put they put unqualified people who was under 40 on the bench in every city. I mean, all the all, all the judges that they didn't let the Obama did appoint, they appointed them. And so and, and so you got these circuits locked down. You can't you after you can't get out the first, second, and third circuit circuit anyway. I mean, it's hard. So if you don't get out the yeah. circuit, well, you can't well, get to the Supreme Court. The other thing is that uh, we are very disappointed with Merrick Garland, who will not investigate discrimination against Black folks. Well, that's and he's just the it. Attorney so, General, and he has a, a sister, Kristen Clark. Is that we had a letter that went to Merrick Garland with all kind of documentation, letters of support from Senator Patty Murray, Congressman Benny Thompson. Uh, Congresswoman Marilyn Strickland, Congressman Adam Smith, and the letters were included with the document that with it. Uh, Kristen Clark sent a letter back. They sent over to the Department of Transportation. What does the Department of Transportation have to do with discrimination across the board in Washington State? So they're not, they're not willing to give up whiteness to help us. Uh, uh, that's what the white privilege said. White privilege would be the death of America, okay? And really, if they do it, they're not willing to give it up. Because some of this stuff, if you cross the line, you're leaving your white privilege and you're helping other people. It's their privilege. They, he, he doesn't have to. You know, he doesn't well, I'm have appealing, to. I'm appealing. I've sent appeals to Mark Moriel, the national president of the Urban League, to Derek Johnson, the national president of the NAACP. I, I just sent stuff <laughs> off to Hakeem Jeffries' office, to Mr. Wayne Williams as uh, deputy uh, uh his uh, 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 deputy uh, 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 chief of uh, staff, uh, and I'm going to send stuff to Senator Warnock. And in our letter, all 58 members of the Congressional Black Caucus were copied on that. But <laughs> I want to make sure it gets the people in the office to see how long they're going to let Merrick Garland do this to us. Because well, you know what? He is he, not. He, he, he is he, not investigating. Who, who's going to stop it? against African Americans. Who's going to stop it? You know, who's going to stop him? You know, I mean, every, you know, and that's the same thing. But, uh, you know, we can be hopeful, I mean, and, and keep yeah. it up, I mean, and, and do what we can. And that's what we're doing, you know. But uh, back to, uh, you know, what, uh, you know, this is the season to, um, and this is the season to get all the messages out. So, anyway, I don't know the answer, but I, I do know how to work and continue to work. And, uh, and I also understand that most of these people are not willing to give up white privilege to help us. Even though we put well, them in one thing, I'm gonna keep fighting until justice prevails. That's my that's my that's my charge in life right now, because what's happening <laughs> to black businesses in Washington State is unacceptable. It's a step above apartheid. Well, and, you know, I mean, you you're talking to a recipient of it, okay? <laughs> I mean, I, I you know, my kids say I got a soft bullet. Margaret, well, I, 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 Malcolm got a hard bullet, so. I'm a recipient of the racism in the state of Washington. Ran Mr. For me and Mr. Branch and I out of our business that we 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 uh, we did. I mean, you know, hey, I'm one of those people. <laughs> Four black contractors went broke on the Seattle Tunnel project, and a city council member in 2011 said, "I'm concerned 
about the two companies that form the Seattle Tunnel Partners. They have a horrible record when it comes down to dealing with minorities. And certainly enough, it came to fruition. Four yep. black contractors went out of business. Right now, we have 10 black trucking firms with their rigs parked. Well, yeah, because they had the outreach, you know, they're supposed to do outreach and <laughs> engagement. <laughs> and, and they have a meeting, they invite these folks in for a contract that's already been awarded. Well, you know what? I mean, I mean, I, I think at some point, if we continue to do the same thing, they call it insanity. And at some point, we got to realize uh, we have to come up with a, another, uh, more than one game strategy here, like we did before. So uh, they're not, they're not responsible to us because you know what? We, we're not the only group now, so they can, they, they can leave us behind and still fill their quotas. So that, that's what's happening. But we're you know, the group. All, we're the group that built this joint for free. We're this, but they don't care. We're right. this group that went, went to went to defend the country and segregated. They don't it. care. They don't care. That's, that's obvious <laughs> because uh, the World War II veterans didn't get any benefits. But they don't care, and and then the immigrants come in and they don't care either. And so we have to. We are the cheese who stands alone. And if we could get that piece, then we could organize our own troops to understand that we're the cheese that stand alone. We're our own cavalry. We're the white hats guys. We're going to deliver ourselves like Harriet Tubman did. We will deliver ourselves. That's what we do. So, yeah. Yeah. And, and then after that, after we deliver ourselves, then they're going to come and help us. You know, at the last minute, they'll come in and say, give me, give your hand. <laughs> That's what they so we're, do. We're talking about participating in the economic pie that Black tax dollars create. Black men and women are defending all around the world. I, I understand this, get, right. this, can, is, this, is, this is this is a continuous con conversation. I look, I, you know, who I look at? I look at the uh, the, uh, the the what is it called? The people in Pennsylvania. They don't put nothing in this country, and they don't take nothing out. And their kids, they ain't got no violence in their community, and their kids are not locked up. So we keep wanting something. And what we get, you know, I'm a Garveyite, so that's the difference. I'm a Garveyite. Garvey self, you might erase the town as much as you can. I'm always be a Garveyite. Garvey came to show us how to be self-sufficient and how to do for self. And I, you know, and 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 I, and that's that's where I'm at. So, but anyway, this is always good because we it takes all of us to, to make it good. So, hey, you take you have a good a good rest of the week, and you know, we'll be talking real soon. And let me know about the after but. Martin Luther King, uh, you know, and all of that uh, organizing so uh, mothers yeah, can be involved. Yeah. yeah, as a matter of fact, we had a meeting this morning with the uh, Opportunity Fair, which is provide opportunities, not just come, you know, here to rally, go to the workshops to march and feel good that day. We also have a lot of people in need uh, who have meet, um, uh, minimum, minimum wage jobs, a chance for training. So we have about 50 because we have a real good group of people working, uh, really committed good. to uplifting other folks. Right. Right, because we need to get these teenagers working so they can put down them guns. Because that's once you know that 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 that's where that's where the important is. But we got to train them up to work. <laughs> yeah, we, we got to get them out. We got to get them out. We got to get them out the houses in the daytime <laughs> to go to All work right. somewhere. Yeah. So, so you want me to contact uh, Deacon Chuck Smith? Yes, please. How about that? Okay, I certainly will. I'll okay, thank you so much. Okay, right, thank, thank you very you. much, Reverend Harry. Appreciate you. Thank you. You listen to the Mother's Justice Show at 11.50 a.m. KKNW. I'm your host, Reverend Walton. I love being on the air. <laughs> I think we'll be right back. <laughs>
The King County Sheriff's Office is proud to support the Mother's Justice Show. We're an equal opportunity employer that recruits, hires, and trains qualified and diverse police officers to practice constitutional policing throughout King County. With a starting salary of $62,000 a year, scheduled pay increases along the way, generous health, dental, and vision insurance, and a take-home car upon successful completion of field training. This can be an attractive and rewarding career. So join us and be a person that serves their community and helps to bring about positive change. For more information on becoming a member of King County Sheriff's Office, go to our website, kingcounty.gov slash D-E-P-T-S slash sheriff. That's kingcounty.gov slash departments slash sheriff. Or get more information by calling 206-263-KCSO. That's 206-263-KCSO. The Mother's Justice Show is brought to you by H.G. Walden and the Virtues Healing Circles. Join us for Wisdom and Wellness with Reverend Walden, a monthly virtual and in-person healing circle that focuses on community healing and growth. Learn more at VirtuesHealing.com. That's VirtuesHealing.com. Also, be sure to join our healing group on Facebook. Again, visit us at VirtuesHealing.com healing.com today talk radio with a purpose alternative talk 1150 good afternoon you're listening to the mother's justice show at 1150 a.m kknw i'm your host Reverend Walden. it's my joy to be on the air and we spend a lot of time talking about all the other things in the world uh and sometimes we just need to look at how we can just bring some uplift i mean uh, uh and uh, i i i'm an, i'm enjoying the Advent season. I mean, I'm more so uh, than usual, I believe, because of all this going on in the world. And uh, and uh, this Advent season, it is about anticipation of the arrival of uh, of the Christ Child. And uh, it was a long-awaited uh, Messiah. Uh, uh, and some people thought it was going to be a warring Messiah, but the gift uh, uh, absolutely turned out to be uh, 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 the uh, you know the Christ came to uh, bring love to the world. Uh, peace and uh, and all of that and uh, it's still it's still percolating it, it's not a perfect thing yet uh and it's still a work in progress uh and uh, and so i'm gonna spend the rest of my uh, time talking about uh advent time uh and then what it feels what is what it's like to uh, have anticipation <laughs> to have anticipation of um of hope i mean because this first sunday i uh, was was the uh, sunday of hope uh, uh, with the hope uh, in, the, in the prophecy cal- uh, candle. And, and one thing about the old, uh, the, uh, the Hebrew scripture uh, is that um, you had a lot of prophets <laughs> that was that was bringing uh, news uh, 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 to the world. I mean, there was a C- that was the CNN of their time was the prophets. And uh, they didn't have helicopters, of course. <laughs> I didn't have any Gucci shoes. <laughs> oh, and all of the stuff that we have today, and I had no one, uh, no microwave, <laughs> none of this easy stuff, you know, that uh, that we have today. I mean, the life was hard. I mean, and they probably went to bed early uh, because there was nothing to distract them. Uh, but the but the but the same amount of stuff that was going on then, uh, it's going on now. It's going on. It's uh, you know, I mean, people. Uh, in darkness, in a lot of ways, uh, uh, with uh, believing that uh, 
that that violence uh, uh, was the way. And um, but they were looking for a messiah to come and help them fight Rome. I mean, they, they wanted to be free and they were looking for a messiah to come. Uh, and the messiah that did come, as we know, was not a warrior the way that they thought it would be. I mean, the, the, the Christ consciousness is not a warring consciousness. It's about, it really is about something else opposite to war. Uh, and they can ex cannot exist. Love and hate cannot exist in the same space. It is not possible to, for the love and hate to be uh, in the same place. I mean, uh, uh, they can be infinite. I mean, but it, uh, uh, hate is not ever infinite. It's a finite energy. Although we think it's that, so because somewhere sometimes it's so rampant and it's everywhere you see it. But in the midst of that, we're supposed to be looking for something else. We're supposed to be looking for, in the midst of all of this that's going on in the world, we're supposed to be looking also for what the, what the, what did the master what the, what did the, what did the master teach us? Uh, uh, and uh, and one of the so this Sunday was about hope. And hope, <laughs> one thing about hope, um, I, you, know, you can even look at hope by, like the little kids be looking at hope. You know, it's a feeling of expectation and a desire for a certain thing to happen, you know. And um, the, the, the young kids are getting full of hope right now. Of course, they get stuff all, all year round. Christmas is not the same for, uh, for this generation. For, for, for all the generations, I, 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 you know, leaving out of the 60s and uh, you know, and, and people getting more fluent, and the more fluent they get, the more stuff they buy, uh, and the less connected they are to the world and, and to doing things sometimes to get some full of stuff. But that, but what I, what I, what inspires me about hope uh, is uh, is looking and have a desire and to believe that things can be better. As Jesse Jackson used to say, keep hope alive. Without hope, I think the soul kind of shrivels up and uh, you, you don't have much life. I mean, because hope, I, I hope gives you I, I, energy to look for another day or to hang on, you know, I, I, and uh, to have that desire that something good can happen. And especially when we don't put our hope in man. <laughs> man disappoints, uh, but the spirit of the Most High God that's with us always is with us. I mean, it's an infinite spirit. And we can never be where it's not. That's the beauty of spirituality. Yeah, you know, I mean, it's everywhere. I mean, you know, I mean, God, the, the goodness is in every, it's, it's, it's infinite and it's everywhere. Uh, but sometimes we don't understand that. And then we're looking for it in a different way. But uh, it's always there. Uh, and, and then with that, it's a feeling of trust. And that's what we need to, uh, to re to engender a feeling of trust. You know, trust uh, is so important because when you, when you can trust, you have a certainty that things are going to go right. I mean, you, you, you know, you, you, you can just trust that, you know, I mean, the certainty, like fall always comes. I mean, if you want to be less esoteric, you can trust that fall always comes. I mean, uh, uh, fall does not come in in uh, in April. You can trust that. If you need, if you need, if you need a visual idea to in, uh, to engender hope, then you can look at nature. You know, I mean, um, we will not have fall 
in April. I don't care how much global warming we're going to have. Uh, and then who knows if it's, uh, you know, I mean, we haven't been, we haven't been on the planet a billion years. We haven't lived a thousand years. So we don't know what, you know, we got some science out there that, you know, and telling us stuff with that. We don't know what has happened uh, every 10,000 years, every 100,000 years, every 50, you know, 150,000 years, a million years. We don't know what the cycle is on, on Earth. But what we do know is that the humans in the last 500 years, uh, the, the, the wild card in all of this uh, uh, that we see that's going on in the world, or because when the colonizers came to all the continents, they found splendor, beauty, plenty. Oh, fertile this, fertile that. There was no dust bowl in the, in the plains. And, 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 and so the, the new arrivers didn't understand that because they came from Europe and did not have a lot. But when they went to all the other countries and, uh, and uh, you know, the, the, the continents, uh, you know, North America, South America, and all of the islands, they found plenty. There was no starving people there. I mean, you've had famines in and out of time, but uh, but but all of that, and and so over time, sometimes we've gotten to a place where we don't have hope, and so this Advent time, uh, and especially you know right now, and especially this past Sunday, talking about hope was a uh, was was a good thing. I mean, and uh, and I'm sure a lot of sermons was about hope, and uh, and 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 anticipation. You know, and, and trusting. Uh, it's good to trust. It's good to trust, trust with certainty uh, that, uh, that you know that, that you have a strong belief that life is going to be good or that, that something good is happening to you. And sometimes we have a trust in a reverse way that every time I go somewhere, something is bad and something bad always happening. Well, that's a that, that that that's that's not a correct use of trust, <laughs> because we're supposed to trust in something good that's always happening to us, and I believe that. I mean, I really do believe that. There's a virtue, also. I mean, it's part of the virtues of projects. I mean, it's it's inherent in all all cultures. Uh, the word trust is, uh, and uh, and it's in all the sacred texts. So uh, let's take a break here and come back and continue to talk about trust uh, and the. Um, and the Advent season, you're listening to, uh, listen to the Mother's Show on 1150 AM KKNW. I'm your host. We'll be right back. The King County Sheriff's Office is proud to support the Mother's Justice Show. We're an equal opportunity employer that recruits, hires, and trains qualified and diverse police officers to practice constitutional policing throughout King County. With a starting salary of $62,000 a year, scheduled pay increases along the way, generous health, dental, and vision insurance, and a take-home car upon successful completion of field training. This can be an attractive and rewarding career. So join us and be a person that serves their community and helps to bring about positive change. For more information on becoming a member of King County Sheriff's Office, go to our website, kingcounty.gov slash D-E-P-T-S slash sheriff. That's kingcounty.gov slash departments slash sheriff. Or get more information by calling 206-263-KCSO. That's 206-263-KCSO. Did you know if you're an adult living with asthma or COPD, getting sick with pertussis may result in severe complications? 
Pertussis, or whooping cough, is a serious respiratory illness. Vaccination is the best way to help protect against pertussis. Speak to your healthcare provider to ensure you are up to date on your Tdap vaccination. Learn more at lung.org. The Mother's Justice Show is brought to you by H.G. Walden and the Virtues Healing Circles. Join us for Wisdom and Wellness with Reverend Walden, a monthly virtual and in-person healing circle that focuses on community healing and growth. Learn more at VirtuesHealing.com. That's VirtuesHealing.com. Also, be sure to join our healing group on Facebook. Again, visit us at VirtuesHealing.com healing.com today. Miss a show on KKNW? Check out 1150kknw.com for podcasts of many of our programs. That's 1150kknw.com. Good afternoon. You're listening to the Mother's Justice Show at 1150 AM KKNW. I'm your host, Reverend Walden. It's my joy to be on the air, especially this time of year, even more so, because I get the excitement of a child, you know I mean? So it's okay to be childlike sometimes. It really is. I mean, I think it keeps us in the plow on the planet longer. It keeps us in our, you know, keeps us well to actually be like, be, be, to be okay like a kid. You know, it's like, okay. So anyway, we were talking about Advent and the first candle is hope. And, and you know, it's also a d- desire of uh, expectation or belief in fulfillment. So that means you got to see the end of it. You got to be able to feel it or have an anticipation that it's going to go well. You mean, and I, I mean. You know, you're hoping for the fulfillment of it. And children are such a best example of this time of year because they absolutely see it to the end. They believe without a shadow of a doubt that the fulfillment, the expectation, that the belief is uh, it's going to be fulfilled. Um, and, I, and I think that, I think it's all laid out to teach us to wake up uh, and to have uh, a lot more humanity for ourselves, for the world, for other people around us. I mean, because one thing about this time of year, there is an invisible hand. That, that's what Adam Smith says. He said, Capital Hill would have an, capital, uh, capitalism would have an invisible hand that impels it to do good at some point in time. And it happens from Thanksgiving till, uh, you know, till, till, till the end of January, till the end of December, and then that invisible hand stop being there on some level but it's something is that there's something about uh, about this time of year and about hope and i always believe if we could take this expectation and a belief in the fulfillment of good i i i and hope and, and joy uh and plenty uh into the next year and live in that i uh, i uh, that uh, expectation for a whole year i mean even if we could just make it to six months what a world we would be living in because we would have so much expectations that the world can be better and that we would be living in that fulfillment as if it's now. And it's only now. I mean, because even the Christ said that the, uh, the, 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 the kingdom of God is at hand now. And so, so much of this is that we have to believe that it could be, it can happen now. We don't have to put it up. We don't have to put it off until some other time. I, I, and of course, I, I, with the Advent season here and hope being the very first one, it's so fitting that it, uh, that hope is the first one. Um, 
and getting back to the GPS, I mean, I guess the um, uh, the shepherds, <laughs> you know, at the end at the end of this, we know that the shepherds are going to arri arrive somewhere. And I guess that was the first GPS ever <laughs> was the stars, you know, uh, to be able to guide. Isn't that amazing? That is really amazing that uh, that we have this uh, history here uh, of how uh, uh, how this happened and. Uh, and it's to empower us. I mean, I think the scripture for me uh, is a book of empowerment because if we look at Genesis 1, I, I, I says that God made everything good and it was perfect. It was perfect. Everything was good and we were made in that image. So according to Genesis 1, we are perfectly because we are made perfect by the image of the what created the world and, and God called it good and very good. But the rest of the Bible, it's about redemption. I mean, you know, they didn't believe it could be good, so they created everything else in the human and in, in the human consciousness. We we have had most of those stories that go through our lives. I mean, we've been all of that. You know, we've been the prodigal son, left home, and you know, thought we could do everything ourselves, and had to go back to our father's house. I mean, I mean, go back to the Creator to get to to get some more knowledge and spirituality. So all of the stories are ours. And so I'm choosing to stay in, in uh, Genesis 1. And I'm, for my belief, I'm saying, well, God created everything good. And I, and it's supposed to be good for us. I mean, it's supposed to be good and very good. So for me, I, hope is good because I can see and feel what hope does. And I've, I've been, you know, I've been a mother. I've, you know, I have children and grandchildren. Uh, and, and I understand what it does to, uh, to to young people, and we have a generations of young people, right? Young people who actually don't have hope. And I mean, it's like wow. I mean, I understand that. I grew up doing the Bay of Pigs. We were crying, didn't think we were going to graduate. We thought the world was going why and you know we thought it was going to be the end of the world. We were crying in '62, '62, and you know, and then you know, graduating '63. But uh, so I understand what it feels like uh, when you when you're 17, 16 years old and you have all your goals, and um, and then <laughs> the world looks like it's going to end. So you're wondering about where are you going to be at? Well, it's not ending, that's for sure. I, I, and and I, what I believe with hope is first candle. We stay in hope with expectation, and it is our. It, the more we can trust. And it's so appropriately, appropriately to have trust here because it is with, with certainty you can believe that, uh, that the sun's going to come up. And now that's a certainty for you. So if you can't start anywhere else but trusting, because if you go up in an airplane right now and you get up above 35,000 feet, you're going to see the sun. The sun never goes away. And then when you're sleeping, I, I, we, I used to tell my kids that the, the sun had gone to bed, uh, uh, which is not true. I mean, I, I might not have had that a keen awareness at that time because it's in the Southern Hemisphere. And so, I mean, you get up on a cloudy day, you think it's cloudy. It's not cloudy. <laughs> the sun is up there <laughs> doing the sun, doing what it does, shining, <laughs> waiting on the clouds to move out the way. Uh, and that's a certainty. And I think hope can be a certainty when you understand it, that you can hope and you can live in the fulfillment 
of already receiving what you're hoping for. But that takes some mental uh, uh, staying power. And that's why I mean, in the next four weeks, I'm sure we're going to go through uh, uh, more of the uh, what what uh, what the, the next uh, what next Sunday is I uh, uh, for um, for for Advent. And, you know, I used to buy Advent can, candy uh, our calendar and had candy on behind it. <laughs> and somebody don't know would always eat up all the candy. You know, I mean, if you have more than one child, you've had don't know in your house, and don't know is always so don't nobody know, don't nobody know how it, how it got to happen. But somebody was always be crying because if it was your day to get the candy, somebody would have eaten your candy up. And um, it was always it was always a trouble with the advent candy candy because don't know was just just eating up everything. But uh, keep hope alive, as Jesse said, and, and that's really what this is about here. I, I can feel this. I can feel the uh, the uh, excitement. I can feel what it feels like to live in anticipation of fulfillment, the fulfillment, and that uh, uh, and that gets us, that keeps us, keeps our keenness alive, uh, and it keeps the children. Uh, 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 you know, I mean, they, you know, I mean, every household is different. Some kids know know who's bringing the toys, and some kids learn it later, uh, uh, and that type of stuff. But the families who get in the kitchen and make things together, and uh, I never wanted to, I never was one of those persons. You know, I never made a gingerbread house in my life. I mean, if anybody out there who's ever made a gingerbread bread, maybe you can get in touch with me, but I'm, I've never made one. And remember, you can catch our show on the podcast also later. But um, but I did like the de- decorations, and I used to I, I make, make my own. I would sew up little stockings uh, uh, and, and put the... And put rip and, and put trimming around it and those kinds of things. So um, and I and I can cook a little bit, you know. I mean, I, I can I can throw down a little bit. I mean, I might not be doing it as much as I have been in the past. You know, I've done it in the past, but we keep hope alive. I might just get in the kitchen, uh, <laughs> excuse me, and uh, and cook up something. So um, anyway, because I did do a, a Christmas Eve I, I event at my house for years and years. I did and invite young people in. Especially young people who was not in the church and, and not having having a spiritual program, a spiritual life for themselves. But I'm hopeful, and that's what I'm going to always say. I am hopeful because I have the certainty. If I don't have it any other way, I have the certainty of knowing that the sun never sets, and it's always shining. And knowing that absolutely can keep hope alive. It really can keep hope alive, and I. Uh, and this Advent season, we need to work. We need to be able to hope, to be able to write, to raise our vibrations up, to be able to look at what we're looking at and see in the midst of that, God is. I don't care what's picturing right now. There is, there is a power in the world. And there's a power in the world for goodness. Uh, uh, and I believe that uh, at this time of year, it's where, where our focus ought to be. Uh, and, uh, and believing that that goodness is available and it's available now. Yeah, I'm your host, Reverend Walden. I, uh, this is the Mother's Justice Show and I've had fun today and I enjoyed this time with you. And i uh, see you next week and we're gonna continue talking about Advent and anticipation. Catch you next week, thank you. <laughs>